Hello and welcome to One to Grow One, a show where we dig into questions about agriculture and try to understand how food production impacts us and our world. My name is Hallie Casey and I studied and currently work in agriculture. And I'm Chris Casey, Hallie's dad, and I don't know anything about it. Each episode we pick an area of agriculture or food production and this week we are talking about local food with Amy Gallo. <laughs> Hello. So Amy is the Farmer's Market Programming Manager at the Sustainable Food Center, which happens to be where I work. Yes. No, are you the are you the marketing manager or the programming manager? No, yeah, I'm the programming manager. Okay, good. But I can, <laughs> I can maybe explain a little bit what that actually means. Yeah. Sure. Um, so I've been with SFC since 2017 um, as uh, various roles. First off, I was just hired to run the downtown farmer's market um, and then sort of moved uh, up or maybe sideways into some marketing and communications work for uh, our entire department, the farm viability department, uh, which, you know, probably takes its own bit of explaining what that term mm-hmm. means. Actually, I would love that. I think yeah. Hallie's done a, a cursory job, you know, once or twice of saying, this is what the Sustainable Food Center does. But yeah, I don't know. And there's other people out there that have no idea. So what is this thing? Well, I mean, Sustainable Food Center has been around in one form or another for maybe 40 years in Austin. It's been a community garden organizing body. It's run farmers markets, um, done some... Uh, cooking classes and training facilitator programs for both home gardening and home cooking. Um, and now we're sort of pivoting the organization. We're, we're at the tail end of pivoting the organization away from individual behavior change programming and towards more a systems level uh, work on food systems and local agriculture. So right now, a main uh, focus of our programming is farm viability, which, which I take to mean assisting local small to mid-scale farmers where they need help to continue to be viable and whether that's operationally, financially, um, you know, with back-end policy work, maybe some administration, business management, marketing uh, assistance, wherever, you know, small to mid-sized farmers are feeling that pinch, we're hoping that we can step in and fulfill uh, a little bit of the the help for them. Cool. Okay. So yeah, all kinds of good help with agriculture stuff. Yeah. I mean, everybody I think is familiar or, or under the belief that you know, farming is hard. It's not just long hundred degree days outside doing, you know, digging holes and stuff like that. But the, the whole business of it is, is pretty difficult. Um, so we're, we're sort of finding our niche of where we can provide some relief and support. Yeah. I'm used to being able to, you know, type some code into a computer and, and get something working within a few hours or a few days. I can't imagine, you know, putting something in the ground and waiting months or a year <laughs> to, you know, see the results of your labor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dealing with that unknown and and with these factors outside of your control, battling the weather constantly, it feels very, it's almost biblical. <laughs> so this episode is part of a larger series that we're doing where we're trying to talk about local food and what it means. And I actually don't know that much about your background professionally. How did you get into the farmer's market and local food space? 
Um, I, I sort of fell sideways into this. This is not um, maybe where I thought my professional career was going to go. I studied uh, neuroscience in oh, school. Wow. So yeah, <laughs> it's not maybe not a, a linear trajectory. Um, yeah. but I, I moved to Austin in 2010 from the Northeast. I'm from New York and went to school in Boston. Um, my partner and I moved down here and I started volunteering, uh, first at Springdale farm and then at Johnson's backyard garden. Um, just, you know, a shift for exchange of free, fresh, uh, local delicious vegetables. And I really liked it. So I picked up a part-time job helping out at the farmer's markets on the weekends and then ended up quitting my full-time job in healthcare and uh, helping to run the farmer's markets department at JBG. So I was there for about four years. I went to California briefly to work on a farm and found myself back here and Sustainable Food Center was hiring. So I took a job helping to run the downtown market. That is a very interesting path. <laughs> <laughs> but I... I feel like I hear a lot of people who come to like the local food scene, the kind of more, I guess, like values based eating area in, in like one of those kind of more le less linear paths, I guess. It, it seems like it's something that really just draws people in. And if you you believe in it and if you're into it, then you just have to end up there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a pretty emotional person and I have always been better at working at something I really care about. And I mm -hmm. sort of figured this is the thing that I really care about. So so that thing being being like farmer's markets specifically? Yeah, farmer's markets are definitely a tangible hands on sort of product that I that I really like thrived in. Um, but I, I've always I, I always thought, you know, I would be a therapist or doing something to help people individually. And I, when I came to farmer's markets and, you know, just thinking about this connection people have with food and how that can heal both people on a one-on-one -on -one basis and communities and maybe a society, you know, to be a dreamer for a second. Um, I, I thought, you know, this is, this is maybe having more of an impact, you know, people coming together around food, people physically handing food over to one another, seeing how things are grown, eating food that is nutritionally dense and, and really healthy. All of these things sort of wrapped up and clicked in my mind of, oh, this is where I need to be. I need to be helping this process. Wow. So in this series, we're hoping to talk to an urban farmer and we're hoping to talk to someone higher up who's doing more like institutional buying um, focused on value chains. But I would love to like hear your thoughts on where farmers markets fit into that and like what role they serve both to farmers and to consumers. I know that's kind of a big question. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we can dive right in. Um, yeah. Where do farmers markets fit? It's farmers markets, maybe traditionally, and I'm not I'm not exactly studied in this, despite my how how long I've been working with farmers markets. Um, we're, we're a way where farmers could sell off sort of excess food. Um, it wasn't necessarily a place where where this wasn't people's first or only outlet. Um, a lot of people, you know, would have their their farm growing corn or soy or doing whatever they needed to do. 
and then have their personal garden for their, for their own home use and then come to market with excess stuff. Um, so it's, I think it's always filled sort of that role in the community where you can get a lot of varied things, um, where, where you can sort of get to know your farmers, where there's this like breakdown of the urban rural divide. Um, and now I think farmers markets fill, fill definitely a different role. Um, a lot of people maybe think markets are a little pretentious or inaccessible or expensive, um, or just some fun thing you do on the weekend and not necessarily your main outlet for groceries. Um, and I think maybe a little bit of that perception is breaking down now during this pandemic. You know, farmers markets have been, at least in our city and state, open since the beginning. Um, and people have really been coming to market to stock up, to get their groceries, to come to a place where they know is safe, that there's a high level of trust, where they know their farmers, where they know that they're going to be supporting local people to, to you know, feed their families and, and stay healthy through everything. I don't know if I actually answered your question. I mean, it was a very big question, but I think that you <laughs> you answered it in a very beautiful way. I think that that part of like bringing people together and and farmers markets as like a community building tool beyond just like the economic value that it brings is something that is so hard to describe and to to really like get people to buy into and understand the value of yeah it's it's to me it's definitely been this like cultural institution as much as it's mm. been a, a place where financial transactions happen um, you know, farmers markets are great at letting people who are maybe smaller or starting out get their start, you know, farmers who, who are, who are just starting, who are maybe trying to pick which crops they will then become known for, or to try to make those initial connections to restaurants because they need to be seen. You can't just pop up out of nowhere, um, to, to maybe, figure out their brand identity, um, to, to work those kinks out in this sort of like live on the ground, you know, people, maybe people in microeconomics should study farmer's markets. <laughs> it feels like yeah. a really good testing ground for like working all these things out. There's a real immediate result there. Yeah, no, I, I definitely hear that. You mentioned uh, inaccessibility earlier, and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that idea as it relates to farmers markets, and at least in your experience, like how imagined that is versus like how how real it is. Yeah, I mean, farmers markets are a little bit inaccessible. They're temporary pop ups. They only last a few hours. Um, they're not necessarily in a place that's easy to get to. There's not a huge wide parking lot always outside of a central location where you know that you can just get everything and check everything off your list. Um, you, mm. you have to know how to be flexible, how to cook seasonally, how to have a list, but you know, go off of it a little bit. And so for all of those reasons, farmers markets definitely attract a different crowd, uh, a crowd that's, that's comfortable and maybe excited about dealing with those challenges. But for most, you know, that's not really what you think of when you think of food shopping. You don't want to be challenged, maybe. Right. So I think I think there's a, a little bit inherently of that inaccessibility in a farmer's market. Um, but I think that the things on the flip side, maybe to challenge that a little bit, are the opportunities there, you know, to to happen upon 
half price fresh peaches first of the season uh, because there were too many. Though that's not something that you're going to necessarily get at a grocery store. To mm-hmm. to be able to know where your food came from, to meet the farmer who picked something and grew something for you, is sort of an invaluable thing. Um, to to talk to walk around and just have strangers or market staff shout a recipe at you uh, when you look kind of, kind of quizzically at purple green beans or something, um, you know, you're not going to necessarily get that in a grocery store. I don't have as many of those friendly interactions when I'm just shopping for normal things. Right. Totally. Totally. But I think it's, it's for me, at least like when I'm shopping at a farmer's market, I find it so much easier to like try new things and experiment with new ingredients because there is someone there who knows literally the entire lifespan of this plant and like can tell me everything they know about it just right in front of me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's always what initially drew me to this work when I was working um, at Johnson's Backyard Garden. You know, I was, I was a market manager and I would, I would drive the box truck downtown and set up and take out hundreds and pounds of produce out and display it all. And really trying to get inside the mind of the shopper and make everything look sort of beautiful and abundant. And then all day, all I would just talk to thousands of people all day. Just every time somebody side-eyed like a weird-looking cauliflower, I'd just mm. be at the ready trying to convince <laughs> to buy it. Um, so, yeah, that's I definitely come by that honestly. I, that's like my favorite thing to do is to help people with weird food problems. <laughs> And welcome to the break. Welcome to the break. Who's excited to go to a farmer's market? I am. I am so, I'm always excited. I I go all the time and I'm always excited to go. It's true. This episode is the second in a series of three episodes we're doing about the local food system. If this is something you're enjoying, I would really love it if you could share this episode with a friend. Sharing this episode with a friend is the best way for us to grow the podcast and get more people involved in the discussion. The more people we have that are listening and engaging with us on Twitter and Discord, the better the show can be. The show is all about learning out loud and growing together, no pun intended. So if you have someone who you think might be interested in what we're talking about, we would love it if they could show up and join the conversation. Speaking of people being involved, thank you so much to our patrons, especially our Starfruit patrons, Lindsay, Vikram, Mama Casey, Patrick, and Cheyenne. You guys are such superstars, and we're so grateful to you. You are super Starfruits. Hey, all right, back to the episode. Back to the episode. Do you know much about the impact of, you know, having a pop-up and having uh, sort of a bunch of people go to the pop-up uh, and all the individual farmers, you know, take their food to the pop-up versus having some giant truck take a bunch of food to a grocery store and, and people just sort of go to that sort of larger distribution center? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the benefit to farmers for a farmer's market is, you know, in, if there's a nice, large, central farmer's market in the town or city where you are, and a farmer can sort of make that one stop um, and unload a lot of things. You know, the the financial benefit for the farmer is pretty great. There are no middlemen. There are no wholesale pricing. All of that money, you know, over 90 cents on the dollar goes directly into the farmer's pocket. Um, 
when you start getting into distribution models and wholesaling and selling to grocery stores or even restaurants or institutions, um, farmers are going to start incrementally seeing less of the money end up back in their pocket. It's easier. It's, it's less personal time or staff time or waiting out in the sun and maybe the unknown. What if you have a rainy day and the farmer's market isn't that profitable for you that day? Hmm. Um, but there's definitely a sense of less of it is going into your pocket and less of it's going into your pocket also from just being able to, to personally sell someone on something. If I had all, you know, really small zucchinis or something like that, I can unload them at the farmer's market and I can't sell those to a grocery store. I can convince people that they're better, you know, for frying or zucchini salad or something. And, you know, I'm not going to be able to make that same pitch to a school district or something along those lines. Interesting. I, now I'm curious about tiny zucchini. Ooh, tiny zucchini <laughs> are so good. <laughs> <laughs> they can be so much sweeter. Yeah. They're very tender at that size. I would almost never cook them. Well, I guess like the the other questions I have are, well, I guess, so me asking you these questions, I'm trying to like put myself in our, our listeners' shoes for folks who don't like work at the Sustainable Food Center and think about these questions that you and I think about all the time. But I was wondering, my work, and I've talked about that on the show before, is much more uh, like further down the line, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of that next step from the farmer's market, trying to, to see how farmers could connect to a, a school or a grocery store or something like that. So, and we've we've touched on this a little bit, but like, could you talk a little bit more about um, the, the things that farmer's markets do uniquely for customers beyond just like taste and, and, you know, meeting farmers, but more broadly about I guess, well, now I, now I don't, now I, I feel like I had a question. Now I don't really know <laughs> where I was going. Um, yeah, I mean, beyond, I think the sort of intangibles about going to the farmer's market, just that connection piece and the community building piece. Um, I, I think there are real benefits to shopping at a farmer's market, you know, um, they're, a lot of times produce has been picked very recently. Um, you know, if I, I'm a farmer and I'm, I'm selling to central market or something along those lines, I'm sending 24 cases of lettuce on Tuesday and it's going to be sold at that grocery store all week. They'll restock it. They'll move it. Customers will come pick it up, put it down, but it's been in and out of cold storage, um, for a week or more. Um, at the farmer's market, someone picked it, boxed it up, and it went to the farmer's market. I'm the first person who's really been handling it and taking it home. Um, there's an argument there for food lasting longer. Um, you know, if people are concerned about food waste, if you've ever gotten something home and opened the fridge two days later, dismayed to find that it's gone bad, I, I found that that's a lot more rare at the market than anywhere else. There's a sense of the nutritional value being higher in something that was picked ripe versus something that was picked unripe and traveled a long way. Um, but it's difficult when you start thinking about the difference between local food that's bought at a farmer's market and local food that's procured by a local institution. If it's coming from the same farm, is there much of a difference? There's a lot of evidence that mm. 
you know, the food that you can get that's local versus conventional or as cross state wines, um, <laughs> you know, there's a big difference there. Totally. Yeah, totally. Um, I guess I have some more practical questions that I would love your expertise on as a food expert. <laughs> Is Are there things that, like, you tell people if you're going to get anything farm fresh, like at your at your local market or, you know, from your local farmers, here are, like, the, the specific crops to get because they're so much different if you get them fresh. I mean, everything's better fresh. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I always say carrots, definitely. You, oh I my feel God, like you yeah. haven't tried a carrot until you've tried a really fresh local carrot. I thought I didn't like carrots, I think, until I had oh, yeah. from the market. <laughs> um, you know, fruit is always popular. It's rare, I would say, if you get to know the seasonality of things, come to the market early in those times. You know, we have raspberries and blackberries that grow here for maybe three weeks out of the year. <laughs> and it's, it's very important to get to the market early on those days. <laughs> I was listening to uh, another podcast uh, the other day, and they were interviewing someone who said they had a friend that grew kale, and their mm-hmm. fresh kale was just like, unlike any other kale they'd ever had, and it was the best kale and the only kale they ever ate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So maybe, I don't know, maybe there's yeah. no no limit. Uh, I mean, there's there are very few limits. Like fresh <laughs> produce is just it is so much tastier in yeah. my experience. Oh, I remember the first time I had farm fresh Romanesco, and I was like, "What is this food?" Because I thought I've tasted broccoli, and this is like <laughs> nothing I've ever tasted. Wait, what is that food? Romanesco. It's like a fancy broccoli. It's like broccoli if it like had a Pinterest board. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like a broccoli cauliflower. It has beautiful pointy fractals all over it. I think yeah. it's much more convenient to cook as well. I mean, I usually just rip it apart with my hands into individual little triangles and throw it in the oven to roast. And they're just like, come out perfect. It's a great vegetable. I like the idea of eating fractals. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I had any other questions. Dad, do you have any other questions? All right, so let's say you were talking to someone who, you know, either had never been to a farmer's market before or was sort of reluctant because of things like cost. What's, I guess, in your mind, what's like the one thing? Like, mm-hmm. you know, sort of the top item you would say, you should try a farmer's market because of, this one thing you should try a farmer's market to just experience a new way of interacting with your community i find a lot of joy in just walking the farmer's market talking to people picking up a new recipe or technique uh, you know looking at the beautiful produce all aligned straightly in a row just appeals to me aesthetically um, you know, running into neighbors, people you didn't think you were going to see there. Um, I, I really, I like to make a morning out of it. I like to go to this place that's not, you know, a, a bar or work and, and really get to, get to be with people. I love that. I yeah. love that. Do you have a uh, favorite one? Uh, favorite farmer's market? Uh-huh. Well, yes, definitely. <laughs> the, uh, SFC farmer's market downtown. Uh, you know, it's just, it's a classic urban market. It's in a beautiful park. 
Um, Is that the one at Republic Square? Yeah, that's the one at Republic Square. I don't think I realized that was an SFC market. Yeah, that's uh, sort of our flagship market. It's been open for 17 years. Oh, wow. Approaching that uh, coveted heritage status pretty soon. (laughs) I would also like to say, Amy, you mentioned running into neighbors that you don't expect to see. And if I'm not mistaken, I think many of your neighbors are farmers at the market. Yes, that's true. Uh, These days, I am living in um, Bastrop County on a farm, and a lot of my neighbors are farmers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Hallie told me you had chickens, and you were very excited about them. Oh, yes, I have. I have many chickens. I'm I've been lucky enough for the past year to be living and working um, on Milagro Farm uh, with Chris Olson. He's the owner. Uh, My partner and I moved out here. Uh, Two days a week, we take care of the chickens. We have about 5,000 of them. Wow. Yeah. We make the best eggs. (laughs) I love to eat their eggs. (laughs) They do make the best eggs. Awesome. Well, Amy, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. This was super fun. Thank you. This was great. Thanks for listening to this episode of One to Grow On. This show is made by me, Hallie Casey, and Chris Casey. Our music is Something Elated by Broke for Free. If you'd like to connect with us, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at One to Grow On Pod. Or join our Discord and Facebook communities and leave us your thoughts on this episode. You can find all of our episodes and transcripts, as well as information about the team and the show, on our website, onetogrowonpod.com. Help us take root and grow organically by recommending the show to your friends, or consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash onetogrowonpod. There, you can get access to audio extras, fascinating follow-ups, exclusive bonus content, and boxes of our favorite goodies. If you like the show, please share it with a friend. Sharing is the best way to help us reach more ears. Be sure to see what's sprouting in two weeks. But until then, keep on growing.